Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, November 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Late night upheaval at number 10 Downing Street has many wondering what's next for Boris Johnson. The European Central Bank is ready to swing into action to ensure the bloc's economy recovers from the pandemic, and TikTok is hoping a U.S. court will step in when it comes to the app's issues with the U.S. government. Plus, the U.K. isn't the only one dealing with personnel changes. It's been a revolving door for Turkey's central bank governor and finance minister recently. We'll take a look at what this means for the country's economy. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Wednesday night was a night of confusion for the British government. Rumblings emerged that there was a shakeup within Number 10 Downing Street, and it was unclear who would be staying and who was going. I talked to the FT's politics editor, George Parker, late his time last night as the dust was beginning to settle. George, what happened late Wednesday? Well, the simple facts of the matter is that uh, someone called Lee Kane, who was the Prime Minister's Director of Communications, resigned. This is really about a a power struggle that's been going on inside number 10 over who should have the ear of the prime minister. And his closest advisers in number 10 Downing Street are basically the same people who've been on the long march with him on Brexit. And this was really about Lee Kane, who was part of that vote leave crowd, wanting to be given a job as chief of staff. He claims he was offered the job of chief of staff last weekend by the prime minister, which would have been seen as a strengthening of the very hard Brexit lobby inside number 10. But then dramatically today, on Wednesday, the Prime Minister reversed the offer of the job and Lee Kane saw the writing on the wall and announced that he was quitting. What about Boris Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings? Well, Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings come as a, a pair, really. They worked very closely together on the referendum. They're very good personal friends as well. And basically, Dominic Cummings and Lee Kane, you could argue, are about the most influential people inside Downing Street given the fact that Boris Johnson in the next few days has to decide whether to strike a trade deal with the European Union, the fact that you've got two very powerful Brexiteers at the sort of prime minister's ear, if you like, is very important. Now, there's been speculation on Wednesday night that Dominic Cummings might resign in protest. We understand that Dominic Cummings has been in tense meetings with the prime minister. Um, The latest intelligence we're receiving, it's 11 o'clock p.m. in London time at the moment, is that Dominic Cummings is probably not going to resign, but things are moving very fast at the moment. And the significance really of that is that Dominic Cummings is the most significant person inside the government, apart from the Prime Minister, I think it's fair to say. He's not just any old backroom boy, he's right at the heart of the British government. George Parker is the FT's politics editor. The European Central Bank is going to continue to provide help until the bloc's economy recovers from the pandemic. ECB President Christine Lagarde said during the Central Bank's annual forum yesterday that financing costs for governments, households, and businesses in the Eurozone will stay exceptionally favorable. The ECB will use its emergency bond buying and ultra-cheap loans to banks as the main way of controlling financing costs. After her comments, the yield on Germany's 10-year bond dipped 2.5 basis points to negative half a percent. Remember the beef that the U.S. government had going on with TikTok? You'd be forgiven if you forgot about it. A lot has happened since August. But today is the deadline for the short video app TikTok to address the national security concerns laid out by the White House. If it doesn't, TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, would have to sell TikTok's U.S. operations. But ByteDance isn't going down without a fight. 
I've got the FT's Miles Krupa on the line. Miles, what's the latest on this struggle? So on Tuesday, ByteDance made maybe its most consequential legal move in the U.S. to date. What it did is that it filed a petition challenging an executive order handed down by President Trump, as well as a sale process being overseen by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. TikTok said on Tuesday it had been working in good faith towards that deadline, but basically the administration wasn't playing ball and it needed more time. It also asked for a 30-day extension on that deadline in addition to the court filing. Now, interestingly, in that filing, it also said it had proposed a new deal this month that would effectively hand over control of TikTok in the U.S. to Oracle, Walmart, and ByteDance's U.S. investors. That was important because it appeared to be an about-face from earlier in the process when ByteDance refused to consider giving up a majority stake in TikTok. You know, Miles, I, I joked about it earlier, but in all seriousness, who's keeping an eye on this? President Donald Trump is disputing the outcome of the U.S. presidential election, and there's refuse to concede, you know, not to diminish this, but is anyone really paying attention to what's going on with TikTok? Yeah, ByteDance has certainly accused President Trump of turning his attention elsewhere and dragging his feet on the talks. Certainly their lawyers have been paying attention. That's why you're seeing such a huge flurry of legal filings up against this deadline. It's important to note that this remains a huge business for ByteDance with tens of millions of users in the U.S., It's a key market for them going forward. And the question on many people's minds now is, if this drags on into the Biden administration, will he care in the same way that Trump does? Miles Krupa is our venture capital correspondent. He covers TikTok, among other things. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Mark. Turkey's lira has overall struggled this year. The currency is still down about a quarter against the dollar. But on Monday, the lira cut against that trend. It had its biggest one-day rise in two years. It came on the back of a wild weekend after President Recep Tayyip Erdogan fired his central bank governor and his finance minister resigned. And that could make for some awkward family gatherings since his former finance minister is also his son-in-law. Laura Patel is the FT's Turkey correspondent. Laura, just for some background before we dive into the most recent events, last time we spoke, it was right before Turkey's central bank raised its interest rates. Now, this is something that Erdogan isn't a huge fan of. Uh, Remind us why he's not a fan of it, and how did he react to the interest rate hike in September? Erdogan is a lifelong opponent of high interest. He holds this very unconventional view that high interest actually causes high inflation, which is the opposite of what mainstream economic thinking says. After the decision in September to hike interest rates, he reacted with silence, which was quite interesting because in the past, he's never been shy about expressing his unhappiness when central bankers have done things he didn't like. But then last month at the latest um, Monetary Policy Committee meeting, the central bank didn't do anything when everybody had expected them to do another rate rise. And that set off this downward spiral in the lira. And it was just hitting record low after record low, like day after day in recent weeks. So this this all kind of compiles and leads us to the tumult over the weekend. Um, what exactly prompted that? Well, there's been this growing alarm amongst members of the public who follow the exchange rate very closely. The exchange rate is seen as a barometer of the health of the broader economy. And um, and as the lira was going down and down, like people were following that and complaining about it and worrying about their standards of living. And, you know, that discontent was also echoing within the ruling party. For a long time, Erdogan had echoed the narrative put forward by his son-in-law that everything was going great, that 
Turkey was doing well given the coronavirus pandemic. But it seems that he had a kind of wake-up call in recent weeks. And he seems to have received some briefing from people around him about how bad the situation really was. And he wasn't very happy about this. And in response, he fired the central bank governor and appointed a replacement, a guy called Naji Abal, a, a bureaucrat turned politician who is known to have not got on very well with his son-in-law. And then rather spectacularly, 24 hours later, his son-in-law seems to have had a meltdown in response. He posted a very emotional resignation message on Instagram sounded rather bitter about the whole thing. And he's completely disappeared from public view since then. It's incredible because he was the second most important person in government after President Erdogan. He was seen as the president's most trusted lieutenant, maybe even someone that he was grooming as a political successor to take over from him one day. And suddenly he's just crashed and burned and gone down in flames. So Laura, looking forward, will any of this change the economic situation of the country? What does this all amount to? What what does this all mean, possibly? Partly we're going to have to wait and see. There's some very big cosmetic and rhetorical changes that have happened. So the new governor and the new finance minister are both seen as capable, qualified, respected bureaucrats who are market-friendly. That in itself is quite a shift. There's also a shift in rhetoric going on. Um, Erdogan made quite a big speech on Wednesday that was full of market-friendly language, saying they wanted to create a good environment for investors, the government would meet with investors, and that they would do what was necessary, that he would swallow a bitter pill if needed to get the economy back on track. So I think All of this could succeed in drawing more short-term money into Turkey. Foreign capital, foreign portfolio flows have been really absent from Turkey for much of this year, like Turkey has basically driven that money away. And I think in the kind of current global environment, there's a lot of money washing around with investors hunting for yield. And if Turkey raises interest rates, then I think it would come here. The really big crunch point is next week when we have the first monetary policy committee meeting headed by the new central bank governor. There are huge expectations to hike rates by a significant amount, maybe five or six whole percentage points. So it's going to be all eyes on that to see if he has the political room for maneuver to do that. Laura Patel is the FT's Turkey correspondent. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Mark. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. 
Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.